Church. My name is Rich, and I'm one of the co-lead pastors here. Thank you so much for joining us online. Thank you for participating with us online. We are um, glad that we have this ability to connect with you um, when we can't be together in person. And so we just want you to know how much we appreciate you joining us today. And as we begin, I want to make sure those of you who are joining us online, um, you are able to do so in the best way possible. Because although we broadcast live on Facebook and Vimeo and YouTube, we really put a lot of energy into what we call our online platform, which you can find at onelifeseattle.org forward slash live there. We do a lot of cool things. We have a live chat line our Bible and Live Prayer app, important links and resources. We even have a note section. So when we're talking and um, giving information out or during the teaching time, you can keep notes and you can just download them right onto your phone or your computer. And so there's lots of cool resources there that we would love for you to be able to take advantage of. Um, that said, however you choose to join us, we just want you to know we appreciate your presence and participation and we want you to know it's a huge gift. So thank you. Today we are diving into week four of our sermon series we've entitled Embodied Presence, Faith Expressed in Relationships, where we've been looking at the mission of the church and with it some of our values, um, our practices and distinctives that we hope to be living out in relationship in our day-to-day -day life. And um, the word that we chose, embodied, by definition means to be an expression of or to give a tangible visible form to an idea quality or feeling and so with that in mind when we're talking about this series what we're talking about is what it looks like to embody the three words that make up our name and our mission one life community church and a couple weeks ago when we launched this, Greg did a great job of breaking down how this series is going to work over the nine weeks and explaining it. And he did a great job, so I want to hit it again. One life that we talked about is that we believe we experience fullness of life when we are connected to the one life of Jesus and the triune God. Community, when we talk about community, we believe that there's fullness of life when we're rooted in and serving in our community and with regards to the word church, we believe that there is fullness of life when we identify and participate in being the church. Or in short, we say following Jesus, loving people, and serving our city. Now, there's this other image of these three circles, One Life Community Church. We talk about God's story, we talk about the story of place, and we talk about the church, which takes into consider our story and in kind of all these three are all interconnected and as you can see god is at the center of all of this and so i want us to hear this is what we're looking at and so far over the last three weeks we focused on the first word one life and what that means and in doing so we've looked at some art greg did a great job of walking us through this beautiful icon um, rendering of the trinity and the meaning of the Trinity, and, and the reason why we start there is because that's the foundation. We discuss the relationality that is at the very core of the Trinity, and then we looked at its impact on humanity. How humanity is created in the very image of this triune God, which means we are designed at our core to be in relationship with God. This led us to discuss the expansive and diverse gift of prayer and what it means to participate with God in bringing about God's shalom. And so 
it's been an awesome series so far. Um, if you've missed any of these, I highly recommend you going to check them out. But for today, we are going to be looking at the beginning of our second word and part of our name and our vision, and that's the word community. And particularly, we're going to be discussing the importance of place. But before we begin, let's pause and pray. Father, Son, Spirit, we thank you that you are faithfully present wherever we are, in all of our homes, in all the places that we inhabit. You are faithfully present there with us. And so we just thank you for that. Thank you that community is not just what happens in this space, but community is happening wherever we go. And so, God, this morning, help us to hear from you. Help us to receive whatever it is you have for us, and help us to move into whatever it is you're leading us into. We pray this in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now, as we begin, um, I want us to do a little reflective exercise. And so in order to do this, I know you're all in the comforts of your own home and all. Maybe you're wrapped in a blanket. You're all cozy. Um, I do want to invite you, as you reflect on what I'm going to lead you in, to, if possible, look out a window. Um, you don't have to do it. It's not required, but I think it would be helpful. So that said, if you can find a window, great. If not, you could close your eyes. Um, but take a few deep breaths. And as you do, I want you to think about the place in which you live. What neighborhood do you reside in? What street and intersections are you by? What community do you identify with? And how long have you lived there? As you're looking out of the window, what are the names of the neighbors on each side of your home? Now beyond that, where do you most often go within your neighborhood? Which grocery store do you shop at? What coffee shop do you go to? What schools do your kids attend? Where is the nearest fire station, gas station, library, post office? the nearest playground. What do you love about your neighborhood? What do you wish was different about it? And if, if you had the space to dream about what you hope for your community and what it might be like in, say, five years, what might it look like? Thank you for pondering these things, and I want you to hold on to these because these are questions about the place we call home. But this could be the same questions I ask you about all the places that you go. Maybe it's school or your work or church. You name it. These are the practical places in your life, and they're different for each and every one of us. But the question is, how often do you think about the reason God has placed you in the physical locations that you inhabit. For some of us, you might think about this quite a bit, especially if you've undergone a major transition or if you felt led to a current place of work and it's surrounding a particular community. Maybe you just changed jobs and so you took a lot of time to process why take this job versus that job. But others of us, however, we might be a little more tempted to just kind of think of our places as coincidence. 
Maybe it's simply a place where you grew up and it's, you've never felt any desire to be anywhere else. Maybe it's simply a place that you moved to for school or for getting married and you put your roots down and you haven't really thought about it since. Or maybe you live in Seattle and it's, you found a place and it's literally the only place you could afford. But I'd say the average person doesn't think about the purpose as to why God placed them where they are, especially in the here and now, in our moment-to-moment situations and circumstances of life. We may have thought about it at one time when we moved in, but over the years, not so much. It's just a place. It's behind the scenes. But today, as we talk about community, what I want you to hear is that throughout the scriptures, however, Place is very important. It's a huge concept. The land of Cana, for example, isn't just a settlement. It's the promised land. The kingdom of Babylon isn't just the one that happened to capture Israel. It's a land of exile. And God's people were instructed to seek its peace and prosperity in Jeremiah 29.7. And there are countless countless times when Jesus is introduced, not just as Jesus, but of Jesus of Nazareth. This place matters, and it's mattered since the very beginning of creation. And in fact, if you go to Genesis and the creation story, what you see is that the triune God begins to breathe life into all creation. For days and days, the Holy Spirit is just making and preparing all the places. It's this amazing picture of creating of the land, the sea, the sky, the sun, the moon, the hills, the valleys, the trees, all the animals, everything in its place before humans are created. And it was good. And then in Genesis 2, 5, we see that although this place was prepared, it says there was no people to cultivate it. Now that word cultivate here in Hebrew is the word avad, which means to serve for another or to work or to labor. So there was no people here to serve and to care and work at it. The story in Genesis go on to say in chapter 2, verse 8, it says this, Now the Lord God had planted a garden in the east, in Eden, and there he put the man he had formed. Now the word planted here is the word nata, which means to establish, to set, or to fasten, or to fix. And the word put is the Hebrew word sum, which means to put, place, set, appoint, or to make. So we see the Lord God had planted this person, established and fastened in order to fix and put this person, appointed and placed and set this person into this garden. And then a little further in Genesis 2, uh, 15, the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work. That's the same word translated cultivate earlier. And it says not only was it to be working it, but it was to take care of it. Now, the the word translated as take care of it is the word, the Hebrew word shamer, which means to guard, to keep watch, to, to preserve, protect, to save. And my favorite is to celebrate, which is connected to the idea of Sabbath. 
And so when you take all this into consideration in simple terms, what we see is that from the very beginning of creation, before sin ever entered the world, place has always mattered to God. God created and planted the place before God created people. God then put humanity into a particular place, and then God gave humanity its purpose after having been put into those places. Our places matter. Now, another point where this becomes especially clear is in the book of Acts after the church has just begun. And we see in Acts 17, 26 through 28, Paul is addressing an audience in Athens and says this, from one man, he had made all nations that they should inhabit the whole earth. And God marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lands. God did this so they would seek God and perhaps reach out for God and find God, though God is not far from any one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being. Paul paints a very broad picture of the boundaries and the lifespans of nations and civilizations, literally of places throughout history. And Paul concludes that when we engage these places as God designed they will lead us closer and closer to God. Paul's saying that the place matters because when we engage our place, it causes us to connect to God. And the scriptures show us that we are each given our moments in history and our place upon the earth because this is the setting where we can draw closer to God who is already at work within those places. I love how Eugene Peterson uses the message translation to translate John chapter 1, verse 14. It says, the word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. The God of the universe moves into the neighborhood. And in, I love it, he continues this language all the way at the end of the scriptures in Revelation chapter 21, three through five, we hear this picture. I heard the voice thunder from the throne. Look, look, God has moved into the neighborhood, making God's home with men and women. They're God's people. God is there. God will wipe every tear from their eyes. Death is gone for good. Tears gone. Crying gone. Pain gone. All the first order of things gone. The enthroned continued saying, look, I'm making everything new. I'm making everything new. Jesus, the exact representation of God and the one life we give our full attention to in order to best understand God fully embodies what it means to be a faithful presence in a particular place. Jesus leaves heaven to enter and fully inhabit humanity to bring about the perfect love and grace of God. And in Revelation, we see a picture of God's return, bringing about the full and complete restoration of all things, bringing about complete shalom, peace, and flourishing for all. And it goes through the story of Scripture from the very beginning all the way to Revelation. That's what we see. And so with that, let me ask you a question. When was the last time you thought of your home? your workplace, your school, your neighborhood, wherever you go with the awareness that God had prepared that place ahead of time for you to be specifically put into it in order to care for it 
to help cultivate it for the glory of God. So this is what we're called to embody as followers of Christ. And so to build off of this, not only does our place matter, but our place in history, our context, in our environment matters. So take, for example, COVID. How we care for and cultivate our communities is going to look very different because of the specific history, context, and environmental challenges we are facing due to COVID's impact on pretty much everything. And not only that, but what that looks like here in Seattle is going to look very different from how it looks in Texas or other parts of the country. Even though it's the same issue, COVID, how it is addressed and dealt with in that particular context in an environment looks different. And it's different for each and every one of us. You see, the great commandment to love God and to love our neighbor hasn't changed, but the opportunity to discover what it looks like in action in our present moments always changes. And it looks different for each and every one of us wherever we go. And so when we're talking about how place matters, we're seeking God to listen to and pay attention to the spirit that has already been at work in our communities ahead of time before we ever got there. And we're looking to see how God is interacting with our various places and in our specific moments in history. We're looking for God at work in and around our communities and our physical environments. And the reason we do so is to join in and participate in the work that God is already doing in bringing about the flourishing of the kingdom of God here and now, which connects to last week and and the amazing sermon Greg gave on participation. That participation may be as simple as bringing what feels like absolutely nothing to you, barley bread that's unsuitable for eating, that is transformed by participating with God in order to feed thousands. We never know what those opportunities are, but we have to be present and aware of what God might be inviting us into. Now, around 14 years or so ago, our church was renting a space for Sunday morning. And it was up to this point in our history where we had never owned a place. And there was this movement within our church leadership about the impact we were having in the community. And we wrestled with this idea that a church either has a good reputation, a bad reputation, or no reputation, which is not good either, within a community. And as we kept talking and thinking and praying, it was during this time where we came to the place in which we knew our church had little to no reputation in our community. We basically gathered in the Green Lake neighborhood for two to three hours a week, coming from all over the city. Literally, Seattle, South Seattle, Briar, Edmonds, Mercer Island, Ballard, West Seattle. We had people coming from all the corners of our city. And even when we did gather, the main impact we had on that specific place was taking up parking spots. Now, I say that, I don't want to make it out like nothing was happening in our church Amazing stuff was happening in our church. I think the Spirit was absolutely working in our community, but it was almost all inward. We had very little to do with what was going on outside of our space. 
our church was not rooted in a place. We were not embedded in or engaging the community, let alone listening to the needs of the community. And this began the slow shift in movement within our church. Now, I'm not going to go into all the details of how we went from there to here, but in 2010, we moved into this building. And this church building has a long history of changing its name every couple years. I can literally think of eight names it's had over the years. Every couple years, change the name, restart, new leadership, replant again and again. And then Mars Hill bought the space and initially turned the entire building into office spaces. They weren't even using it as a church. And they did that for a few years. Eventually, they started using the space as a church, but it was a satellite church. It was a cookie cutter of all their other locations. And the lead pastor wasn't even here in the day-to-day life of the community. He was on a video. And the perfect sign that this church still had no specific rootedness in this community is how they were able to shut it down, the entire place, within two weeks. And so that said, this church building has had a long history of not being rooted in the community. So when we got to move into this space, we were very purposeful to treat it as if we were moving into a new neighborhood, into a new home with new neighbors. We took our time. We walked a lot. We prayed a lot. We met people. We listened to the Spirit and engaged the community. We talked to our neighbors. We talked to business owners. We talked to other church communities that have been in this neighborhood longer than we had. We didn't just hang out in our offices because we actually had offices. Instead, we made our offices the local coffee shops. When we were talking about changing our name, we even surveyed our community. Not people that go to our church, although we did that as well, but we literally went around the community and asked our neighbors their opinions about the name we were deciding on because we wanted it to be part of the community. Greg and his family made a huge decision to move from their home that they had used for ministry for so many years in Wallingford to live and move into this neighborhood. In other words, we started to invest in our neighborhood. We started to ask the questions, what does this neighborhood need? And one of the answers that we heard was that there was the need for more places for kids to be cared for. And so initially we're talking about, well, what do we do? Do do we start a preschool? Do we even have the ability to do this? Our church is full of a lot of educators. And God basically said, no, thank God, and said, I have another idea. And then God connected us with a a preschool that had been serving our community for over 40 years. There's a person in our community that actually went to that school when they were a kid 40 years ago. That place had lost its home and was about to be uprooted into this community that they had served for over 40 years. And it was the beginning of a movement of God helping us to see that one of the ways we could care for this place was to be a resource to the community. Almost like when your neighbor calls and says, hey, can I borrow some flour? Can I borrow some sugar? Our building could be a blessing to others and a way to partner with others to help our community flourish. And so since then, we've been this place One Life has been uh, a home to multiple preschools, co-ops, drama programs, Girl Scout groups, Pilates and martial arts schools, choirs, 
counseling spaces for therapists, weddings and funerals, Wedgwood Community Council meetings, Little League coach meetings, focused care groups, concerts, art shows, and so much more. And none of these would have ever happened had we not listened to the needs of our community. Over time, as we continued to be a faithful presence in our community, we learned of more needs and opportunities to cultivate God's love. Two of the biggest outpourings of this include the development and creating of One Life Tutoring, which grew out of a desire to care for a big population of immigrant and low-income families that live in our neighborhood that need educational support. And for years now, We've been able to do this week after week, invite kids in, care for them, give them food, and give them educational support. And we've seen tremendous success. The other is Magnuson Park Community Dinner, a service that cares for and provides meals for those in need down in the street in Magnuson twice a week. Hundreds of meals, day, week after week. Just recently, we have developed relationships with two unique churches that have been in need of a place. One is an Ethiopian church that meets in our buildings on Sundays from 6 to 8 a.m. before many of you have even gotten up. And the other, as you have already learned about, is a deaf church that serves those with hearing impairments. And both are turning into these fantastic partnerships to help the community and the church of God flourish. This is not to mention partnerships with the Hunger Intervention Program, North Food Helpline, partnering with the community during Halloween, the summer block parties, you name it. We found the importance of this place and how to engage this place and how to care for this place for the flourishing of God and God's people. Now, that's just some stuff with the church, but for example, as individuals, what does this look like? And, and maybe some of you know this, but I've been blessed to have grown up in this neighborhood. I've never lived within like a four-mile radius of this space. And so I've seen the changes that's gone through over the last 48 years, which is kind of nuts. My family specifically lives, has lived on the same street now for 16 years. And um, I know almost all of the people on my street by name. I've cared for their homes, many of them, when they're gone I've helped them move large items when needed. I've shoveled snow in front of a couple of our family's homes. I've brought many of them meals. I've listened to their stories. I've had almost all of them over to my house at one point or another. I've, given copy, I've been given copies of some of our neighbor's keys in case of an emergency so we can get into their place. I've shared tools, food items, kids' clothes, you name it. I've even shared my car. <laughs> with one of them. There, a number of years back, there was another big snow, and the family that lives directly across the street from us, both the husband and wife had gone out to start their cars to warm them up. They both ran inside to get something, and in that short amount of time, both their cars were stolen right <laughs> in front of their house, which is crazy because this never happens in our neighborhood. But that said, big shock, right? Oh, well, guess what? We have two cars. We're not driving anywhere. You guys got to get to work. And so this was a unique opportunity to care for and help my neighbors flourish in the midst of an incredibly stressful situation. You can use my car. So many different examples. And what I hope you see with all of these examples is that they didn't just happen. 
both with the church and with my neighbors, we didn't just move into the area and all of a sudden start doing these things. They didn't just start happening. They all came about from a slow, steady process of being a faithful presence in our neighborhoods, engaging with the Spirit at work in the community and seeking ways to join in and partner with what God was already up to. And this is what we are called to embody. And it goes all the way back to God's original design in Genesis. We need to remember that God is still at work in creation all around us. And God has placed us exactly where we are with a purpose. And that's the invitation to partner with the Spirit, to cultivate and help it flourish. Amen? And I don't know about you, I get tired, and I'm not always engaging it. But that doesn't mean God isn't doing something, that God isn't working, and that we can't participate. We need to remember that the earth is not this passive actor in God's story, right? And our physical places are more than just the background elements in our own stories. All of our stories are rooted in a place with history, context, and purpose, all of which matter. And the same goes with the story of God. Because the truth is that the opportunities to engage the places God has chosen for us are numerous and around us all the time. The question is, are we listening? Are we praying? Are we paying attention? Are we participating? Are we embodying faithful presence and the faithful presence of God in our particular places? This is one of the primary ways we hope to impact our community and our city, both as a church and as individuals, because it's why we have core groups and neighborhood care groups, because this is bigger than just our area right here and the places we're in. This is what happens when we become the church. It's not just what happens in this building, right? Each and every one of us inhabits a space and places that are unique. And so the idea is that, yes, we do that here, but yes, you do that out there. It's what we're all to embrace and embody as we leave this place and go. And so again, as you think about it, as you think about your community, we're all trying to embody what this looks like and imagine the impact that starts to have as we all go and embody what it means to care for our places, to help cultivate, to care for it, to help flourishing for God's glory to happen in those places. May we be a faith community that understands and embodies the importance of place wherever we go. May we all see our places in our communities as sacred opportunities to draw near to God and to partner with the Spirit to bring about more of God's love, grace, and peace for the flourishing of all. Amen?
I'm going to invite our worship team to come back, and they're going to give us time to reflect on this by playing some music instrumentally um, so we can kind of process again what we've been talking about. Um, And with that, I do have a couple questions I'd love to hear your thoughts on as a way to kind of engage and maybe apply some of what we've talked about. And so the best way to share those is by using the online connection card. So there should be a link in the online platform for you to use in order to do that. Feel free to use um, or to answer one or any or all of these questions. Or if you just have other thoughts separate from that, I would love to hear that as well. Question number one. On a scale of 1 to 10, how often do you think about the purpose for which God placed you where you are? And give me some thoughts. Explain. Number two, how might God be inviting you to connect with and partner with the Spirit to bring about flourishing in your particular places? Number three, how has God used a place to draw you closer in relationship to the spirit. Now, there's the classic example where you go for a hike and you climb up to the mountain and there's this glorious picture and this view and you feel drawn into a relationship with God, which is a great example. I'm looking for something more specific in your location. How has God used a place to draw you closer in relationship to the spirit? Number four, in what ways can you imagine God using you for the good of your places? I'd love to hear your thoughts on these. Uh, I also want to draw you back to this image. We talked about at the beginning of the series about how God had been bringing these images to us. This invitation that God is at work, almost like this bubbling spring, this little creek that's running, it's refreshing, it's bringing life to, to everything it touches. But that there was this idea of that in order for us to fully experience it, we got to get in. We need to get our feet wet, if you will. And so I share that with you to be thinking about this because, again, another picture came today, and and it kind of had this added idea that there may be a surprise involved, that, that what we're diving into is love, what we're bringing out is love, but that we could be surprised by what we might be invited into. So, for example, I never would have thought offering my car would have been a situation for my neighbors. Uh, that those cars would have been stolen, that that would even be a situation. Uh, I was surprised by it, and yet it was this unique opportunity to show love to my neighbors. So as you dream about what this means to care for your place, I want to invite you to continue to hold on to this image of what does it mean to get our feet wet, to serve and care for and root ourselves in our particular place. That said, as you reflect on these connection card questions, as you reflect on this image, feel free to use this space to pray, to confess, to own, to give thanks, to receive, to be filled, to dream, Uh, whatever you feel called to in this time. I also want to remind you that the prayer team is live and ready to pray with you and for you. So all you have to do, for those of you who are online, is simply click the request prayer button to the left of the chat and our prayer team will be there ready to pray with you in the order your prayer was received. So if it doesn't happen right away, please be patient and they will get to you. Um, But I'm going to close us in prayer um, and leave us some space to ponder and wrestle with these questions and uh, then we'll end with one last song of response. So let's pray. Father, Son, Spirit, I do thank you for the way you are already working in our places and we confess, God, that we, we so often go through our day-to-day um, not really aware 
that you're doing that. Almost like we're not aware of our breath at every moment, giving us life. You, Holy Spirit, are at work in every one of our places. And you invite us to draw near to you and, and, and to participate in, in the work of bringing about your goodness and your shalom. We thank you for the way you've allowed us to root ourselves as a church in this community and the ministries that have come out of it. We totally understand it's you leading us and and we count it a privilege to serve you. And God, we ask that you would do that for each and every one of us, all of us who are members and friends and family of One Life Community Church, that it wouldn't just happen in this space, but that as Brian says, go in peace, that we would be leaving and going into our various particular places with the awareness of your work and the openness to participate and to bring your love. Give us a vision for how you could be transforming our communities, how we could participate in whatever way that might be in those various moments in our schools, in our work, in our family, in our neighborhood, wherever we go. Help us to be open to root ourselves, and to care for the places you've particularly put each and every one of us in. We pray this in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.